Good morning to each of you. It's good to be here. It's been a privilege to worship together with you this morning. It's rainy and windy and a little cool out, but uh, I feel like this has been a, a, a morning of, of joy, a morning of comfort, a morning of worship, and I'm thankful to be here. I also want to thank you as a, as a congregation for your love and your care and your prayers to, to us as a family, me personally, and also to Brother Willie in this last few weeks. We really appreciate that um, the meals that were brought in, the flowers that were sent, the little cards, we really, really appreciate your love and your care to us over this time. Um, we don't always understand why God puts little things and makes some major inconveniences, but we're very thankful to be on this side of it, at least at the moment. And um, so for those of you that wonder, I feel very, very good this morning. I don't feel, uh, I don't feel under the weather, so... Thank you for praying, and I continue to pray for, uh, for Brother Willie. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's coming along, he's doing well, but he needs our prayers. And uh, stop in and visit him, text him if you get a chance, they would enjoy that. I also want to say that I'm very thankful to the way God has moved through the church here in the ordination service. I feel so at peace and so at rest in that service, and... Um, I thank you also for the prayers that you as church family put into that weekend and continue to pray for Brother Jason as he, as he fills this new role in our church. As the work of the church moves forward and as, as we, we plan for more ordinations and as we grow, um, pray that God would be at the heartbeat of who we are and what we do. Also pray for Naomi and the family as they, uh, as they absorb this. And um, I'm very thankful that God has made his will known. And uh, one of the things that I would like to share with you this morning is, as I analyzed my heart as we went through this weekend and as we met with the other ministry that was here in the interviews, you know, I was made to realize there's things in my life that I need to brush up on. There are some areas of failure in my life and my use of time and things I do and things I don't do. And so pray for us as a family. Pray for me personally that, um, that I would be all that God would want me to be. Um, it was a serious look at my heart and my life as I considered this ordination service. <clears throat> I would like also for you to turn to, uh, to the book of Psalms, to uh, Psalm 92. Um, as we move into the message this morning, <clears throat> the thought that I have on my heart this morning is the power of God. Recently, uh, I was on the way home from work, and I come off of 238, and I went, to, I went to get back in the gas on my truck, and I had no power. Somewhere in the process, my turbo went out. I didn't realize it, but the turbo went out. I had no power. I had some noise, I had some unburnt diesel, but I had no power. I had to actually pull off to the side of the road to figure out what to do, but I was able to limp home with my four ways on, but I had no power. As you think about power in your life this morning, could you stand up in your seat right now and, and plant your feet down and say, I am powerful. I am living proof of God's power in my life. And I don't know what your answer would be. I don't know what my answer would be 
sometimes. I feel a little weak now. But it seems like a lot of times we are we talk about our weakness and our failures and the things we want to do better at. And we don't talk about the power that God has given you and I as his children. And I was just, um, as I listened to the wind blow, and at our house we got five and a half inches of rain. There was a lot of water that fell from the sky during the nights. There was a lot of wind. There was power in what was happening. <clears throat> and we can go through the Bible and we can see many, many examples of the power of God as it flowed out in the hearts and lives of men and women in the Bible times. Back to the Psalms 92 and, and verse 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Is that your testimony this morning if we was to start on the front bench and go back and forth? Is that your testimony that you are flourishing like a palm tree? And that you are growing like a cedar of Lebanon. I'll let you, dis I'll let you study what that, what that means, what those trees mean. I'll let you study that. But am I flourishing? Am I growing like a tight-woven cedar tree? Just a question that I come to ponder this morning. <clears throat> Did the power of God flow out of your life this past week? People around you, did they witness God's power radiating out of your life? I was privileged, or maybe not privileged, but I was, I was blessed with the experience of being placed close to a psychiatric ward in a hospital that I was in. And there is some power out there that is not of God. And it was a little disconcerting to hear what people said and how they acted and the way they conducted themselves. How about me as a Christian? What radiated out of my life this past week as I worked through different things? You personally, in your, in your life, in your world, what radiated out of your life? <clears throat> and I know that this may seem to be a little... Um, Hope it's not boring, but I had to go back to the book of Genesis. How long has it been since anyone here read the creation story? It's been a while since I opened up Genesis 1 and started reading, but I want to read a few verses. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. <clears throat> As we think about this God who is our adopted father that we studied in our Sunday school that has brought us into his family, and has made us heirs, and it says, join heirs with him. This, this, this God, this Father who loves us, who gave himself for us. It says here, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, have you, have you reflected on what that verse means? In the beginning, God created what we know and love today in this country we live in. It says in verse 2, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I cannot picture what that looks like. Now, I've been in some dismal places 
especially if you find your way up north in, let's say, Michigan or um, Minnesota. And I'm not talking bad about those countries. I'm just saying. There is some cold, dark places that we don't necessarily love to be at. But I can't picture what the earth without form and void and darkness over the face of the... I can't picture that. <clears throat> Have you ever been on a boat at night and thought about the water out there? If you ever went deep sea fish and you left before daylight, you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever thought about falling in that water and how, I don't know, disconcerting that would be? <clears throat> the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. It says, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. <clears throat> now, what, what do you think that looked like? The void, the water, the deep, the dark, and then all of a sudden, there was a light. And as we could go through this whole, <clears throat> this whole chapter, it was really, it was really <clears throat> encouraging, and I, and I would like to say empowering, to think about the creation story and the life of the Christian it says that God called the dry land earth and the gatherings together the waters called he seas and God saw that it was good. So God made land and he separated water and it's the world we know today, at least in part. <clears throat> this is the power of God. God said, let there be lights in the verse 14. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night and let, they, let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. It also says that God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the water brought forth abundantly in verse 21. <clears throat> There's a verse here I'm trying to find. Bear with me here. Can someone see the verse about the stars here in chapter 1? What does it say that he named the stars? Am I in the wrong chapter? I thought somewhere along the line God created the stars and called them all by name. Okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm confused on something. But anyways, the, the vastness of the universe, if you went out on a clear, cold, dark night, you could see the stars, it says that he hung them, and somewhere it says he called them all by name. The power of who God really is in our life and who, we can, who, we can, uh, who is our Father, who we can lay hold of in this journey we're on. <clears throat> So as we continue kind of this thought of God's power in, in nature. So God created the world. And what else does God, what else has God done? The scripture is full of this. And I want to go back into the New Testament now, the book of Mark. In Mark 4, starting in verse 35, we have this storm. And we have Jesus asleep here. Mark 4 and verse 35 
It says, In the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even he would, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So this reality of God controlling or being able to control the wind and the rain, how he can start and stop it, he can move it. Uh, from what I understand, this little system or decent-sized system is moving up onto the, into the Carolinas through maybe up, I'm not sure how far it's going to go. But he could move that as he so wished, or he could simply say, peace be still, and it would go away. So let's go back to the book of Psalms and let's think more about our response to a God that is so powerful that he not only created the world, but he can move, he can, he can, he can control what happens in nature. Psalm 89. <clears throat> Psalm 89 in verse 6, it says... For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Verse 7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee? Or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Now notice what it says here in verse 9. Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain. Thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm. <clears throat> the heavens are thine. The earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, <clears throat> thou hast founded them. The north and the south, <clears throat> thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Verse 13, thou hast a mighty arm. Strong is thy hand and high is thy right hand. Now, I don't know if you or I really ever struggle with trying to compare God with somebody or something, some power. I don't know that we necessarily try to compare him. However, what is on your heart this morning that needs a solution to? What problem do you have? It may be financial, it may be health, it may be relationship, it may be whether or not you're going to go into service somewhere, it could be anything. And I wonder sometimes if we compare God to things that we're trying to work through on a personal level, and we limit this mighty arm, this strong hand, this right hand that is simply asking us to rest in it, to grab hold of it. God is a God of power, and God is a God of answers. So this morning, if there's anything in your life 
If there's any need that you have, if you're searching for solutions, if there is an impossibility facing you, remember, God created the heavens, God created the earth, and God created you. And there's nothing too hard for God. Remember that. Don't compare what you have to do or what you have to face or how you have to live or where you have to live with what God can do. All right, now let's go back to Psalm 93. And, and I like these verses on God controlling water, wind, waves. There is so much power there. It, I want us to have that, have that picture of what God can do for us. Psalm 93 and verse 1. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. This is the God you and I have been adopted into his family. We are his sons and his daughters. If we are born again, if we are walking in newness of life, we are a part of his family. This is the God, this is the power that we have that we can reach out and grab a hold of. And you say, well, that's not right because we're humans. We can't be as powerful as God. No, we cannot. However, God has extended his arm of power to us where he is bigger than those that are against us. Remember, without God, we cannot fight Satan. We cannot win against Satan. With God, we can. That's the power we're talking about this morning and the God that we serve. <clears throat> Joshua 10, we have a story of another miraculous um, moment where God did something that no one has ever been able to do before or since. Joshua 10, I think we start here in verse 12. And we know the story well. Joshua, then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up, this is Joshua 10 and verse 12, when the, when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of of Agilon. Joshua then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel and he said in the sight of Israel son stand thou still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. What do you think went through the minds of those that heard him say this? And I wasn't there I don't know how it all went but it says in verse 13 that the son, that the son stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down about a whole day. Now that's never happened in history that I know of. Think about your battles. Think about what you and I work with and face each and every day. 
Now, they were in a physical battle with enemies. They were fighting. They were being killed and they were killing, if I understand right. They was fighting. And it says that God made the sun stood still and the moon stay. And it says, um, so it hastened not to go down about a whole day. In our battles, is that the God we reach out to when we need help? When we can't face this battle alone, when we can't live in victory or we can't gain a victory, God stood the sun still for a hand-to-hand -hand combat and God is able to stand the sun still in our spiritual battles, if you can follow me. And it says in verse 14, there was no day like that before or after that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. And Joshua returned and always were with him under the camp to Gilgal. There was a victory there because Joshua called out to God and asked him to do something that was impossible. And as we live our life and live our circumstances, that same God can do what no one has ever done before or after. <clears throat> we have another, another account of this in the book of Isaiah. I would like to read it as well. It's a little bit different, but it's kind of the same thought. Isaiah uh, verse, uh, chapter 38. Here again, Israel's in a battle. Verse 5, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he hath spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees, which has gone down in the sundial of Ahaz 10 degrees backward. So the sun returned 10 degrees by which degrees it was gone down. <clears throat> so we have a, we have a, not only did he stop the sun, but if I understand it right, it went back 10 degrees. Now this was a sign to Hezekiah, that there would be victory. Is that the power that's flowing out of my life this morning as in my spiritual battles? God not only stopped the sun, he brought it back 10 degrees for a sign. <clears throat> Second Kings chapter 20. We have a man who is very sick. 2 Kings 20, in verse 8, And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go, go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing, for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backwards 10 degrees. 
And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward by which it has gone down in the dial of Ahaz. Here again, a man was sick, and he cried out to God, and he said, I want to know if I'm going to be healed. How am I going to know? And then he's given this little, he's given two options. Shall it go forward or shall it go backwards? And in his humanity, he was like the sun always sets, it always moves. I want it to go back. And it went back as a sign unto him. What's on my heart this morning, dear people, is we have a God that is powerful enough to, to do things in the universe that's impossible. And he's powerful enough to do things in our hearts and lives that is impossible. And whether it's a besetting sin or whether it's a lack of growth or whether it is anything that you personally are dealing with, God is able, God is powerful enough to make it happen according to his will. <clears throat> what can God do in my heart and what can God do in your heart? And as we think about what we just read, it is, it is a little bit hard to grasp what God did. What about... My sinned, stained heart. Go with me to the book of Acts, to the account of where Saul was saved. <clears throat> 